This podcast brought to you by Hope 103.2. On Hope 103.2, it is such a pleasure to have Lisa Messenger, Managing Editor, Founder of The Collective. Thank you so much for joining us. No problem. Great to be here with you guys. And what a milestone for you, celebrating two years. Congratulations. Thank you, Laura. Yeah, it's been quite a journey and continues to be. What actually motivated you to start The Collective? Oh, look, I've been surrounded by so many inspirational, motivational, amazing people for so many years. And I just looked at a lot of the you know, existing media and messaging out there. And I just thought I want to do something that's all about inspiration and aspirational things and telling kind of the story behind the story and, and showing people that anything's possible. So with no magazine background at all, I decided to launch The Collective. <laughs> Which is kind of a very giant feat and well done to you yeah. being, able, to being able to do it. <laughs> Thank what, you. How, how did you get yourself across that line from going, I don't have a background in this, to being published in over 35 countries? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're in 37 countries now, which is extraordinary. And my entire message is really about being an entrepreneur for entrepreneurs and showing that anything's possible because I tell you what, if I can do it, anyone can. Um, so I basically just uh, put one foot in front of the other and kind of thought, you know, who would fund this? How can I make it happen? Two years in, I still own it 100%. But I kind of went out to corporates and started to kind of pre-sell the idea and get them to advertise and do all sorts of different things. And I think when you're passionate about something and you find why, then it's extraordinary the serendipity and the synchronicity and how many people kind of come to the table. But you've really got to have an absolute unwavering self-belief. Mm. And and why was entrepreneurship the, the sort of area or the, the niche community that you wanted to tell the stories of? Because I started my first business 13 and a half years ago and I really had very little idea about what I was doing and I didn't know about mentors and I didn't know about networking groups and I didn't know, you know, there was so much that I didn't know and I was really naive about. And so many years later, you know, naturally a lot of people have come to me over the years sort of saying, how do you do it? And I just realized that, you know, it starts a, um, a blossoming kind of, community and never and so many people are wanting to start their own businesses and things and I just found there weren't any sort of great tools out there really to support them so I just thought well I've kind of been there and done it and I know what they want having been there myself across multiple industries and so it was just kind of a logical choice and also because it's something I'm so passionate about you know if I was Mm. producing a magazine about widgets or I don't know something that I didn't (laughs) know about I wasn't personally passionate about I couldn't have put so much soul into it and I don't think it would have worked. And it's quite unique for you to be offering the resource in a print magazine because the conversation in the media industry at the moment is still that print is dying, no one's reading it, etc. Why did you choose print? Was it as much of a challenge as everyone seems to think it would be to bring life to it? Yeah, it's a massive challenge. And look, a lot of it was naivety, but I, but naivety that in hindsight I'm actually really grateful for because um, I didn't really know a lot about the digital landscape at the time, yet I sort of knew a bit about print because we've been custom publishing books, although they're a very, very different beast to a print magazine. Print magazine's much more complex. Um, but in hindsight, actually, it's the best thing I could have ever done because it's something physical and tangible that people can touch and feel and smell and kind of, you know, carry around and it's given us an opportunity to sample and all sorts of other things that we couldn't do in a quite cluttered online space. However, having said that, it's now very much an integrated platform and, and online is very, very much a part of that. But I am so pleased that I led with a print magazine. And yes, there is so much doom and gloom. I just... Um, 
literally before we got on the call, saw something come through from, I think it was Publishers Australia, something about, you know, is print dead? Like, just every day you're being bombarded by this. But I love a tough industry. I think it's where we can really kind of disrupt and thrive. Yeah, and I think that's one of the um, perhaps key things about what you do. Obviously, one of your books out at the moment, Daring and Disruptive, your life philosophies kind of combined in there. Where does that fuel and that fire come from? I think, look, a lot of people say that to me, and I think when you get really kind of angry or disheartened by an industry or something that's going on, I now sort of change that attitude to one of gratitude and I kind of going to talk about that in my latest book Life and Love as well I've got a whole chapter on that and how you can reframe things and yeah and I think for me I just got so sick of there's so much negativity out there and you know I was watching the headlines on the news and things and and it would be kind of like you know five hideous things about who's been killed or who's been I don't know horrible things I can't even repeat Mm. them because you know and I just thought gosh isn't there room for positive messaging and really to try and lift people up and help them to be the best version of themselves so for me it largely came out of you know just getting really passionate and really angry and and I think that's the same for anyone wanting to start their own business it could be as simple as you know, you're using a certain type of nappy for your baby and you kind of go, this gives my baby a rash. You know, let's do something different about this and let's invent a new nappy. Like, it it can be that simple in business, I think, just to kind of, you know, think differently but within the confines of an age-old industry. Yeah, well, it's sort of like business motivated by problem-solving as opposed to money-making. Absolutely. And I tell you what, anyone who's after the money, first and foremost, I think they've completely done it the wrong way around. I think, you know, the money is a natural byproduct if you're doing something that you're really passionate about. But I tell you what, it is not even close to a a motivator for me. Other than I need it to actually drive the platform, you know, like Mm. I'm not... You know, commercially, it costs me over three hundred and fifty thousand Australian dollars a month just to put the print magazine out in this in one market, and we're in Mm. thirty six other markets. So I'm also a realist, but I could not care less about money other than it's helping me to achieve the purpose of, you know, being an entrepreneur for entrepreneurs and helping to lift other people up. But money in and of itself could not care less. Part of the social change that your magazine really brings about is also a focus on women in business and the possibilities with that. Were you expecting to become this sort of, you know, ambassador for for women in that way? No, not really. I mean, when I first launched it, I kind of wanted to keep myself out of the limelight completely and kind of was quite happy to be behind the scenes. And it's something people ask me quite a lot now. They say, you know, were you ever intending on, you know, your profile becoming this big or being at the forefront of this and the answer is no but what happened was I started just writing in my editor's letters the real journey behind the magazine and you know being really honest about you know how tough it had been all the hurdles we've been through and all that kind of thing and so I started just getting inundated with letters and emails and you know social media posts from readers saying oh my gosh you're just like us and what I realized was in doing so, I was becoming more attainable and relatable, and therefore that was the best way to actually help people. And so more and more, I've just been you know, putting myself out there and being as authentic and real as possible and letting people know, this is it, this is me. Like, it didn't come with a silver spoon. This is, like, exactly what my journey is. And, and because it's had so much success, I use that in inverted commas, I think it really helps people to realise you know, she didn't come from anything special. She had no idea what she was doing and she can still do it. And so it's kind of, it helps them. And so I'm really happy to be that role model or 
you know, help help people however I can. Yeah, well, it's far more realistic, I think, to see someone who's faced challenges, overcome them and, and show the process as opposed to just going, here's a four-step process and yeah. and masking it. Because as you, you're very sincere and very open about what your personal journey has been, can you tell us about, I think it was sort of a four-year window for you, wasn't it, where you just you were like, okay, you know what, I've got to stop, I've got to rediscover who I am and I've got to reset my walk. Oh, my goodness. How good are you? You have done your research. <laughs> Thank you. You're gorgeous. Look, yeah, people say to me, how did you find your purpose? Or how did you find your why? And my reality is I really just prayed for about four years, you know, and I got really, I just had this huge kind of surrender, which, you know, until that time would have been hard for me to even grasp, but I just had to become completely detached from the outcome of what it was after. And I literally kind of said, God, whatever my purpose is, then just, you know, if it's cleaning toilets in India or whatever it is, I do not care. Just let me be the best version of myself. And I just got really, really clear on that. And that is such a huge detachment from outcome and just giving um, up completely and, you know, handing over completely. And then it just dropped in as light, as clear as light of day one day. It was just like, you've got your magazine. You know how to produce content you've got access to all these amazing people and it just it was like I woke up and went this is the most logical thing that I need to do and I kind of didn't even question it then I just knew in every single cell in my body that that was what I needed to do but it took a long time for that to kind of drop in and then finally after lots and lots and lots of praying to the universe it 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 happened (laughs) (laughs) it worked out for you which is very cool Yes. And I'm sure in the in the moments of self-doubt, there were things that you had to mentally sort of tell yourself or help yourself to move into a place where you had the self-esteem to approach what you needed to do. What were you saying to yourself? What were you using to cross that line into a place of self-belief? Yeah, so it's such an important thing. And you know what? I do sort of two to five speaking gigs all over Australia and actually kind of starting to do more global stuff now as well. And it's something I get asked all the time from audiences. People say, how do you have self-belief? How do you have confidence? How don't you give up? How do you get out of bed every day? And my answer is, you know, it is hard, but it's a combination of things. So surround yourself with incredible people, like-minded people, but not just yes people. You know, you can't always have people going, yes, yes, yes. I also need people who can say, no, you've gone mad. You're going to work. But I'm very careful not to surround myself with naysayers. You know, people have their own agendas and their own stuff going on, whether that be, you know, that they feel intimidated or that they don't feel good enough themselves or whatever it is. So you've got to be really careful to remove yourself from that negativity and not be afraid to, you know, exit relationships and things. And, and yeah, and then it's just, I mean, I've done a lot of personal development and really learnt, you know, what my frailties are and what my weak spots are and all that kind of thing and then um you know and get really clear and courageous about that and then equip myself with the myself with the tools to be able to you know get through those times because as things in life get bigger and bigger the hurdles become much bigger and bigger and you know every single day there is stuff that is thrown at us that is well beyond our control and you know we just need to be equipped with the tools and the tenacity and you know, the willpower and the willingness to overcome those. And so um, it's a constant journey of educating myself and staying open and, you know, and just and, and just being authentic and doing whatever I can do. And and really at the end, of the end of the day, developing whatever it is that you need to believe in yourself. That's the most important thing because mm-hmm. if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. Do you think that's the distinction between people who have a dream and people that 
achieve it? Because I feel like that is the line between people who have ideas for businesses. There could be people listening who are like, oh, I have this business that I really want to start up. Mm. And there's those that will actually go and do it. And then there's people that just won't. What do you think sets the two apart? Yeah, so I call them gunners and implementers. Gunners as in, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Like you hear those people a lot and they all, you know, they have amazing ideas and all that kind of thing, but they won't, whether it's fear or sabotage or whatever it is that's holding them back and keeping them small, they won't go ahead with it. And then there are the implementers, the people who are kind of more risk adverse and are willing to jump in and have a go. And I think that's it. I mean, you just need to not overcomplicate things. You know, if you think you've got a great idea, I'm the queen of sort of coming up with pre-selling it. So, you know, test the market before you've spent too much time, you know, doing a laborious business plan and all that kind of thing. And just start to, you know, ask um, over social media, you know, would you buy this? Or go out to your networks, would you buy this? And if people start saying yes, it kind of gives you that external validation to kind of go, I can do this. I can move myself forward. And so I think that's the thing. you just got to back yourself. you really got to jump in and back yourself. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for sharing your story with us on the show. So appreciate that and so appreciate the choices and the sacrifices that you've made to get yourself where you are because it's an absolute inspiration. Thank you and thank you so much for having me. Really beautiful to talk to you and I love your energy. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Likewise, Lisa, thank you so much. Thanks, Laura. Thanks for listening. Start your day with life words. Subscribe to Hope 1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.